0: Uh, turn with me, please, this morning. You're not ready to go home right now, are you? Yeah. Huh? Good. Two <laughs> To um, Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Let me remind you, and if folks watching um, on internet, our meetings for the Greater Faith Conference begin tomorrow evening, 7:30 Eastern, and uh, Branson will be live with us at 6:30 Central. But watching on the internet, it's 7:30 uh, Eastern time. And uh, come and bring all your faith, and get ready for a faith tune-up. <laughs> right? And a faith increase. Yeah. Faith grows, doesn't it? And it comes by what you hear. And so come and, and bring your faith and uh, don't, uh, don't do a bunch of unnecessary things this week. Uh, set this time aside. We don't do this all the time. Uh, I, I purposely uh, pray and seek the Lord. Uh, I think you can have too many things going on and, and until it just becomes common and, and old hat and, and then folks are not giving their all to it either. Uh, if there's something we're supposed to be doing, uh, let's give it our full attention Amen. and pray some about it, you know, in the night or morning or afternoon if you're, if you're able to get quiet a little bit during the day or not want to miss a meal. Come on, are you all listening to me, saints? And, and, and focus in, and, and then when you come in, you'll be at a different place, yes, yes, right? right. You, now, if you if you do 50 projects, and you're just worn out and half asleep when you come in, uh, it's difficult to yield to the Spirit when you're real tired. Mm-hmm. Right. They're with me, saints. So uh, uh, if there's some things you don't have to do this week, then don't do them, and and, and come in real sharp. And bright-eyed, Hello. and full of faith, yeah. right? right? And focused. Yeah. And then, if somebody did come in that didn't hear this this morning, and they're a little tired, not ready, then your faith and excitement can splash over on them yeah. and pep them up and help them out. If you see them drifting, you can go, who glory to God!" <laughs> <laughs> and they'll go, "Huh, huh, what?" You go, "Oh man, you better stay awake. It's good, but come on, get in here." <laughs> it really does make a difference. Uh, one of the benefits of having of us coming together, you know, there there's a lot of people nowadays, Christians, that don't go to church, and they say, well, you know, I uh, I, I feel closer to God when I'm out in nature, and so I I go to the beach on Sunday morning. <laughs> And fellowship with God in my own way. That means you're rebellious. And hard headed. It is written. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why is Sunday morning the only time you can go to the beach? Or the woods? Or whatever it is. Fellowship with God in the woods, on the beach, whenever. But there are many reasons why the Lord told us together, together. When we come together in one accord, in one mind, one heart, one faith, one place, things happen that don't happen when we're by ourselves. We pull our faith. Uh, we, we encourage each other and uh, where one might be dragging a little bit, the other's strong in this area, and it fills up the blanks, and, and, and I don't have it all, and you don't have it all, but when you put us all together, we got it all. <laughs> now, there are very important reasons why we need to come together and fellowship together and believe God in one place at one time, and of course, the internet allows us uh, to reach out beyond the walls and, and folks join us and Branson's joining us and, and our partners and More Life Ministries partners. So uh, set this time aside. Let it be significant and important. How many believe the Lord will meet us and help us and will not be disappointed? In uh, Matthew, the 16th chapter, Matthew 16 and verse 13. Let's pray and and believe God before we go any further. Who's the teacher here this morning? The Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you and agree together as touching this, asking for utterance, full and strong and precise. Asking for all of us for ears that hear and eyes that see and a heart that receives. Give us exactly. uh, Help us not to hear the words of men, but to hear you. And to see you. And to, and to be touched of you and receive of you. And we know that you know exactly what we need to hear and see and do right now. And so we ask for it. And we purpose when we hear it not to be forgetful hearers or hearers only, but to do it. Put it into practice. And we know as we do, we will be blessed because you always watch over your word and perform it when we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said, verse 13, when he came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Jesus says, who are people saying that I am? Verse 14, they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. And some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're one of the prophets. Verse 15. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? You know, this is not just a good question. It's the question. Christianity is not about a belief system. It's about a man, the man, Christ Jesus. Who is he? What is he? He said, who do you say I am? Next verse. Verse 16, Peter, who sometimes got it right, (laughs) sometimes got it wrong. Reminds you of anybody else? But today, he didn't just get it right. He really got it right. (laughs) You know, there's a thought here. Just because you got it wrong, doesn't mean you give up trying to get it right. Hmm? (laughs) Huh? Maybe you thought you had something from God and you blared out with both barrels and it wound up in your face and made a big mess. What you can do is go, well, I'll never do anything like that again. I'll keep my mouth shut. I won't do anything. That's not the solution. That's not the answer. Repent. Admit that you missed it. But then if something comes up, learn from your mistake. But then if something else comes up, I mean step up to the plate and swing just as hard as you did last time. How many know what I'm talking about? Just because you struck out doesn't mean you quit. So, P- because if you won't quit, even though you might have missed it some, you'll get it right some too. And you'll learn and grow and get where you're not missing it so much. And then not only will you get it right, you will really get it right. I mean, you'll get it, kingdom of God, right. Peter said, You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Somebody ought to say that out loud. You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Not just a good man. Not just somebody with a good belief system or a good philosophy. Not just somebody that taught some good principles to live by. I've heard people say, well, you know, this virgin birth thing This resurrection thing. I don't know about all that. But you know that doesn't really matter. The main thing is what Jesus taught. His good. No no no. If he wasn't virgin born. He's just a man. Come on are you listening. If he wasn't raised from the dead. There is no redemption. There is no salvation. If there are no miracles. Then this is a bunch of junk. No reason for you to come. No, this is not about a belief system. This is about about a man. The man. Oh, the Christ. The son of the living God. And whether you go to heaven or hell depends on what you believe about this. Hmm? Does it matter? Hmm. the most important thing that you ever chose to believe or disbelieve. How many say with Peter, he is the Christ. The son of the living God. Come on, everybody say out loud. He is the Christ. The son of the living God. The the living. On, the Christ, Not just a man. Yes. Not just a good man. Not just a great man. The man. There is one God, Timothy says, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. You don't today you don't have to go through anybody to get to God except Jesus. And nobody can get to God except through Jesus. He said, "No man comes to the Father but by me." Say it out loud again. You are, the Christ. you are the Christ. Close your eyes. Tell him. You are the Christ. You are the Christ. The son of the living God. Who is the Christ? The Christ is the one that was prophesied about yes. centuries before. The Christ is the anointed one. The Christ is the one who fixed it all. Amen. The final solution. Verse 17, Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. How many think Peter might have said, Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I got that one right. <laughs> Some of the other disciples, when Peter piped up and said, You're the cry," they probably looked at each other and thought, Oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> he might have gave them the look afterwards. Mm-hmm. I did get it right. Just because you've missed it, don't quit. Don't give up. Admit your mistakes. Learn, but don't quit. Keep going. I say unto you that you're a Peter, a stone, and upon this rock, a different word, I will build my church. What rock? The Christ, the Son of the living God. On this rock, Gigantic foundation. I will build. My church. And the gates of hell. Shall not prevail. Against it. What's the Lord doing in these days. He's building his church. You're living proof of it. Right. I said you're living proof of it. Jesus. Jesus. Was a carpenter. When he was on the earth. He His, his father was a builder. And he learned that trade. Hmm? And it was representative of something much bigger. Today he's a builder. We used to sing an old song. Working on a building. Anybody ever heard that? Working on a building. Well the Lord's working on a building. And you and I are the building. And once we get in the building, we're supposed to help him. Be his building assistants. Working on the building. Everybody say, working on the building. building. See, we're working on the building. Uh, go to uh, Peter, please. First Peter, the second chapter. First Peter 2. Jesus said. On this foundation. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Against it. First Peter 2. And verse 2. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. If so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you also. Said out loud, he is, he is. The, living stone. the living stone. Now what's this verse say? You also. You Who, who's you also? Me also. As lively, actually that, that is you could maybe better translated living. Living, mm-hmm. living stones. Why? Because he's living stone. Right. The big living stone. And you and I are living stones are built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ wherefore also it's contained in the scripture behold i lay in zion a chief cornerstone elect precious he that believes on him shall not be confounded Amen. under you therefore which believe he's precious Is he precious to you? But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient whereunto they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a peculiar, a rare, precious treasure, people, that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. Glory to God. This uh, verse we just read, that the stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. You'll find this verse repeated, I know uh, probably at least a half a dozen times in the New Testament. You'll find it over and over in the gospel accounts, in the epistles, in the prophets. Why? Because it's not just about a belief system. It's about a man. The man. This building is built on him. It can't be built on anything else. In in 1 Corinthians, go there. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, says this specifically. He is the living stone, the foundation. You are a living stone, part of the building. How many know you got you got stone, you got rock, the building sits on. You also got stone that makes up the building, Amen. rock that makes up the building. And you are one of them. You are a living stone. Do you know you're a rock? Somebody needs to say it. I'm a rock. rock. That's a little weak. Rocks should sound a little bit bassier. Say, I'm a rock. rock. (laughs) Rock. I'm a rock. But not a dead brick. A living rock. A living stone. Boy, rock means you are not easily moved. That's right. You are not shaken. You, you got some toughness, yes. right? Yep. The wind blows, the rain beats, even if the hail comes, or rocks are still there when it's over. But you're not a dead rock. Hmm? Some folks, you'd think from their responsiveness... dead lumps but no you are and I am a living rock a living stone 1 Corinthians 3 now this this has every application to you and I this morning we're laying a foundation if you will 1 Corinthians 3 and verse uh, Nine. We are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Say it out loud. We are, we are. God's building. God's building. He goes on to say, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. This has to do with the apostles' ministry. The apostle, Paul, went into areas where uh, there, there was no church or there was no church there. And he laid the foundation and others came in like Apollos and different ones and built on it. He's talking about that right here. I laid the foundation and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds their own. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If it's not built on him, it's not worth anything. And it cannot last. How many know the church does not need to be built on you? Does not need to be built on me? Hmm? Does not need to be built on personalities? Does not need to be built on talents. huh? Human reputations. Hmm? A few people's in the church's money. Or influences. What does the church need to be built on? The one and only. Sure foundation. Jesus. The Christ. The son. Of the living God. Right? Yes. Does that include this church? Yes. Right here. Yes. Which is a part of the universal church yes. of Jesus Christ. Yes. For months now. The, uh, well, at years. We've been working on a building. This building that you're sitting in. And thank God we've made a lot of progress. And you're able to sit up in here and see and hear right with a certain amount of comfort hmm <laughs> do you know the, uh, uh, the company that made these seats specially designed them for us with, with lumbar support they didn't come that way we could have saved a lot of money <laughs> you glad we didn't save a lot of money have you ever noticed a lot of groups churches are always talking about how much money they saved yeah. are there going to be any rewards in heaven for how much money you saved no. No, no. I know of no such scripture <laughs> no such thought <laughs> I know brother, brother Kenneth Copeland said one time he said the, the Lord asked him a question said when am I going to get all this money they're saving for me <laughs> That's a good question, isn't it? All that money they save for him? He's not going to see that. The building, we're we're getting some things accomplished. But as we said on our first service a year ago, the Lord prompted me to say, now we see the beginning of the building of the church here. Because the church is not a building. You're the church. We're the church. Right? And the Lord is building His church hmm, on the rock of the Christ, the living Son of God. And what He builds is rock. Hmm, Rock from the rock. Right? And rock from the rock cannot be cracked, cannot be toppled. I mean, the authorities and the powers of hell can't demolish it, can't remove it, can't stop it. There's a song we used to sing, Raymond Singers in band, and Band, Nothing Can Stop This Mighty Moving Force, the Blood Washed Church. Amen? Why? Well, if it's something Jesus has built, there's not enough men or devils that can dismantle it and take it apart. That's what it means, the gates of hell. Gates represent authority. They represent control, seats of authority and and any power or might to back up that authority. And when the Lord builds it, When the Lord builds it, if the Lord's not in it, men are laboring in vain. But if the Lord is in the building of it, it is not in vain. It's not in vain. Staff, your work's not in vain on this place. Teams, your work's not in vain on this place. The Lord's in it. I said the Lord's in it, and what He builds remains. Remains. Whew. I got a lot more to go to, but I'm excited about this right now. I just want to stay right here. (laughs) What did the head of the church say? Tell me again, say what did he say? On this this unfailing, this impenetrable hmm, rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. You know, so much in this world is tinsel and plastic and transient and it won't even be here next year, much less a century from now or a millennia from now. But what Jesus is building is going to be here. In fact, heaven and earth can pass away, but what he has said and what he has built is going to stay. It's going to be here. Selah. Think about that. He said, verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation. Now, let you stop right there. Can we be involved with Jesus building on this building? Yeah. If any man build on it. Apparently, Jesus needed a lot of assistance. He's he's the head of the church. He's the foundation of the building. He's building the church, but he's not just doing it all by himself. He's using us. We're involved with him. We're laborers together with him. We're builders together with him. Right? When he says, hand me that hammer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, where's my where, where, where's this at where's that we're, we're there hold this up right measure this look at this and it's not just a physical thing we're building it's a spiritual edifice that's rising God's been, he's been building on it ever since his resurrection ever since the thousands were added on the day of Pentecost And the, this thing's big I said, this thing's big. This is one big house. It's God's house. And it's getting bigger every day. And it's not built out of junk or plastic. It's built out of living stones. And when you see unsaved people, you ought to get excited and go, building materials. Right? Building materials because every time they get saved, they are sealed into part of the wall or the building of this permanent dwelling place of God. He doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, does he? He doesn't dwell in natural things that people have built, but he is building him a house. Somebody say glory to, God. glory to God. He goes on to talk about if any man build on it. On the foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work will be made manifest for the day shall declare it. It'll be revealed by fire. The fire will try every man's work of what sort it is. Our work's going to be tested. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereon, he shall receive a builder's reward. A reward for what you built. Are you involved in the building of the house of God? Need to be. Everybody needs to be involved. If any man's work shall be burned, he'll suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so is by fire. Know you not that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God is dwelling in you. Glory. Glory. Said out loud, he's building, he's building his house. Go to Ephesians, please. He's building his eternal house. In Ephesians, let's see the uh, the second chapter. There's a really interesting word we're going to see here in just a moment that will tie some things together. Ephesians 2 and about verse 20. Well, let's read verse 19. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Verse 20, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief corner stone. Jesus told Peter, "On this rock, on this foundation, I'm going to build my church, and nothing that hell will ever do is going to tear it down." Or overcome it. Or stop it. Man, that makes me want to thank God the rest of the day. How about you? That just Nothing that hell will ever do is going to destroy the church that Jesus built. This thing's forever. And you're part of it. And I'm part of it. Jesus is. The foundation. He is what this thing is built on. But then immediately, people like Paul and, and Peter and different ones, they worked on the foundation. They worked their whole life laying the foundation, didn't they? And he went over to Ephesus and got some building materials. He went over to Corinth and helped clean out those temple worshipers, those idol worshiping temples. Right? Got them in church. Said, here, I got you some more building materials, Lord. Seal these in. Right? And every church after that, generation after generation, century after century, this thing has been rising. Floor after floor. Floor. Hmm? Wing after wing. Are you listening, saints? And I don't know what floor you and I are on. (laughs) But I reckon it's way up high. I reckon we got a good view. (laughs) Right? Up on the thousandth floor or whatever it is. But we're not supposed to sit up here and just enjoy the view. There are there's work to be done. We're supposed to build on this. Our part of it. Keep reading. He said, You're built. Upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, grows, said out loud, the building is growing. The building, growing. The building uh, and it fits together perfectly. Yeah. perfectly. Have you ever seen people that are master uh, workers with wood, or master stone masons? You know, it's just a marvel to look at some of their work. I was looking at a a, a stone fireplace a few months ago, and I I was just noticing somebody took some time because when they got to a certain place, they had to find exactly the right size stone to go in that hole, to go in that place, because it looks like it just appeared that way, but it didn't. It was put together piece by piece. And master builders, that's the way they do. They don't just slap stuff together. It takes time. It takes skill. It takes an eye. It takes a touch. Well, you're a master builder. Jesus is building his church. And when he found you, he knew you before you were born. But when you came to him and he was in your hands, I should say, that he could put you in, he knows exactly where you fit. Doesn't he? Yeah. He knows exactly. And he picked out all the stones that are around you. Yeah. Do you appreciate the stones that are around you? Yeah. You ought to. Yeah. You ought to. They're hand picked hey, to go with you yeah. and you to go with them yeah. in your spot. Hand picked. Yeah. Hand picked. Somebody say, Glory to God. And this building, fitly, precisely fitted, framed, shaped, built together, is growing. Somebody say, It's growing. It's growing. It is growing unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for inhabitation of God through the spirit through the spirit we are his house we are his building we are his holy temple we are his eternal habitation hmm. a little building down here no matter how amazing or fine it could be could never be a good enough house for the almighty Who created the heavens and the earth. But something built out of us. Could be. Because we are precious to him. We are gems. We are jewels. In his eyes. And you know he likes to build stuff. Out of jewelry. (laughs) No old rustic bricks for him. Have you ever read in the book of Revelation. Revelation. What does he build his gates out of? Pearl. Pearl streets of gold. right? Yeah. Foundations are built out of these stone. Honking stones. Yeah. Rubies the size of Buicks. Yeah. Come on, are you listening to me? Yeah. Hmm? Diamonds the size of Cadillacs. I mean, and that lets you, that, that's how he builds stuff. And that's what you and I are. We're spiritual diamonds and rubies and precious building materials that he is sealing. He has sealed into place. And he is continuing to build. And this thing is just rising, just like a skyscraper that just keeps rising up out of the ground. But it surpasses anything that human hands have ever built or ever will build. Are you thrilled to be a part of it, Saints? Yeah. Are you so happy yeah. to be a part of this? Yeah. Go with me to uh, Ephesians 4. You're just right there close by. Ephesians 4 and 11 tells us that the Lord has given gifts to the church. Wonder what these gifts would be involved in? Building. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, what are they for? Verse 12, the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, and all of this develops to what? Edifying of the body of Christ. This word edifying is the same word that's translated building in Ephesians 2 and other places. So exact same Greek word. For the building of the body, why are there called and anointed men and women of God? To help with the building, right? <laughs> Overseers, general contractors, right? Help oversee this thing. make everybody's work. make sure everybody's working in the right area and got all the tools they need. Get this thing built. Everybody say, "Get this thing built." I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't, but I I just I'm I'm itching to do it. Uh, (laughs) Do you know what happens when this thing is finished? Does anybody know what happens when the building gets finished? Hmm? Does anybody know? What happened when we got this building finished enough to where we could have a service? You came. You showed up. You know what's going to happen when this building is finished? God is moving in with all of his glory. It's been prophesied. It's been portrayed when they finished building the tent, the tabernacle. When they finished it, put the last thing in place, sanctified the last piece, what happened? The glory of God filled that place so strong they couldn't even see each other in there. They couldn't even remain standing. The the place was so full of the glory of God. Same thing when they finished the temple when they made the sacrifice, when they anointed everything and they sanctified everything and everybody stood up and said, For the Lord, He is good and His mercy endures forever that the cloud of glory came in so strong that the people fell out. (laughs) When God gets His glory luggage and He moves into the house, Oh, look out, look out, look out. There's coming a day. He indwells us and we're in him. But obviously not in the fullness of his glory. When it's complete, when it's done, there'll be no need for this curse life to continue. Hmm. And the time and stuff that's going on down here. And the devil is going to be snatched up and chained. Come on, are you listening? He's, He and his are going to be thrown into the lake of fire. And we're going to be the house of the Lord. We're not just going to go to the house of the Lord. We're going to be the house of the Lord. And the house of the Lord is filled with the glory. Of God. Everybody say his temple, his temple is full, is full of, his glory. of his glory. Say it again. His temple, his temple is, filled is filled with his glory. his glory. And who's his temple? We are. Not some building. Not some natural structure. We are his building. These gifts are given for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse sixteen: From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body unto the what? Amen. That's that same word for building. Yeah. Building of itself in love. Now here's here's such a key. Building of itself, how? This building is built on love. He is love. And the way the building is built is in love. Go to 1 Corinthians, please, the 14th chapter. 1 Corinthians 14. Uh stop in chapter 8. On your way. 1 Corinthians 8. Anytime you see the word edify. In the New Testament. It might help you. If you put in your mind building. Because the same word. Is translated building. And And I don't know. How much do you use the word edify. In your normal day to day speech. That was quite edifying. (laughs) Look how they're edifying that structure downtown. No, and yet, the word edifice, we're familiar with these terms, but some way, when we hear the word, see the word edifying, in King James, it just kind of goes past your head. But just when you see it, when you hear it, what do you think? Building. There's building going on here. There's building involved. In First Corinthians 8.1. He said. Uh, Touching things offered to idols. We know we ha- all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. But charity. That's the word for love. Does what? Yeah, is. Which is building. Knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Say that out loud. Knowledge Puffs up, love builds. Say it again. Knowledge puffs up, love builds up. This thing is not going to be built on knowledge. Christianity is not about a belief system, it's about a man, it's about love. Manifested in the flesh. It's about God so loved the world. That he gave the master force. That the church is built on. And the church is not continuing to be built. Just through accumulation of knowledge. Just through establishment of correct church government. Or correct belief system. Our correct confession practices. Are you with me saints? Our correct prayer protocol. (laughs) It's not about belief system. It's about a man. The man. Love. It's built on love and it's built in love. Every stone is sealed in love. Placed in love. And this whole building needs to continuously be edified. The structure needs to be strengthened. Reinforced. Hmm? Made stronger. Made bigger. Made greater. It's being built and the whole thing is built in love. Say it again. Knowledge Knowledge. puffs up. up. love Love builds up. Builds up. Go to First uh, Corinthians 14 now. First Corinthians 14. Do you want to help build the church? Yes. Hmm? Do you want to be a part of something that's not wood, hay, and stubble that'll be gone when everything's finished? You want to be a part of something that is gold yes. and silver and precious stone, just like what Jesus, what the what the Lord has built heaven out of. He's building His. Uh, temple out of and that in time now think about this think about this saints in the foundation oh glory to God I just saw this Rob. <laughs> glory to God. God glory to God Hallelujah. have you read in the book of Revelation the foundation of the wall what's there The names of the twelve apostles. You know why? Why are they there in the foundation? Instead of somewhere else in the wall. That's the part they built. We just got through reading it in Ephesians. It was built on Jesus and these apostles, their work came first. Right. Amen. Apparently, there are some names on the different places of who did the work. Amen. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. glory to God why would their names be on the foundation part that's the part of the work they were involved in think about it saints in the ages to come Mm -hmm. hmm, you and I come by a part of the building (laughs) and that's the part we help build (laughs) that's the part we help build That's the part we help build. All these buildings will be long gone. and All the surface of the earth and junk that was here long, long, long gone. New heavens, new earth. But this structure that Jesus built that hell could not stop, could not topple, could not tear down. It's going to be gleaming like gold and silver and jewels. And you and I are going to be able to say, I helped build that. Right. <laughs> I, we were involved in that part. Branson Church helped build that part. Sarasota Church helped build that part. We were involved in that part. Who? Who? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what an honor. Yeah. What an honor. But you know, that's just like a daddy. Yeah. Isn't it? Yes. A daddy, daddy's sons and daughters helped him build something. Don't you think he wants them to be involved? He wants. He wants everybody to know they were involved, right? Sure. Sure. Glory to God. Somebody say, Glory, 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 <laughs> glory to God. What is this built up in? It's it's edified in love. It's built up in love. Listen to 1 Corinthians 14. There are many different things we could talk about concerning this, but let's just touch on this and let it represent the other. In talking to the church at Corinth about the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, they were zealous. They were excited about talking in tongues and about prophesying and about the gifts of the Spirit. And, well, they should be. You've got to remember how the church got started off. Tongue talkers, right? Day of Pentecost. It's amazing how far the church has gotten away from the Bible. Did you know the Corinthians were tongue talkers? The Ephesians were tongue talkers. The Colossians and the Thessalonians, tongue talkers, tongue talkers, tongue talkers, right? And a lot of folk nowadays, they they despise it. They mock it. And some dare to say it's of the devil. That's dangerous ground, friend. If you don't know, you ought to at least shut up. You do not want to attribute something the Holy Spirit is doing to the devil. That's blasphemy. But anyhow, this thing, they came in on talking in tongues. And because of that, there was a lot of emphasis on it. You can imagine. If that's how you got started, that's how you came in. But anyway, they were disorderly. And there were tongues when they shouldn't be. And there were just a lot of stuff that wasn't going on. And you know what the Lord helped them to see through Paul? Read it. 1 Corinthians 14. 2. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God; for no man understands him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Well, what good does all that do? Well, it does good right there. You're talking to God, and you're talking things beyond what your little head knows. Hmm? Have you ever tried to pray about something, and you said everything you knew, then you said it again, then you said it again? What do you? How do you pray? Thank God for the ability to pray beyond. Our limited understanding. Verse 3. But he that prophesies speaks unto men to what? Building. Building up. Somebody say building up. When something is really anointed by the spirit of love. It's going to build up in love. Keep reading verse 4. But he that speaks in an unknown tongue does what? Builds up, builds up himself. And he that prophesies builds up the church. Did you know you need to be built up? Oh, friend, this is one of the biggest needs everywhere. People are weak spiritually. People are, uh, that's the reason why they're, they they don't have the excitement. They don't have the, the vision. The faith is weak because the spirit is weak. Hmm? That's why people fail to reach their goals. That's why they stay embroiled in habits and sins. They just feel like, I, I can't. I don't know how. I, I've tried. I've done everything I know. If you're strong enough, you don't talk like that. You don't, you don't think like that. When you get strong enough, you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How do I get like that? Honey, you need to be built up. I said you need to be built up. Which means you need to hang with the right bunch of builders. You don't need to run with a bunch of folks that's trying to sap you for everything you got. Use you. And misuse you. And dispose of you. We need to be a bunch. That every time somebody walks through the door. Every time we come around. We're going. Zoot, zoot. Yeah. What can I do for you? Hallelujah. Huh? Let me help you out. Yes. Let me charge you up. Yes. Let me let me build you up. Let me, let's brace that up. Let's make that stronger. Let's polish that a little bit. Come on. Let's get you. Amen. Strong. Hallelujah. Strong. Somebody say strong, 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 strong. The Lord's not building some little flimsy church. He's not building some little flimsy chicken coop. Is he? He's building a gleaming, sparkling structure that's so strong that nothing that hell can do can shake it. Reaching up into the heavens. You're a part of it. And I'm a part of it. we got a part of building this thing. How's it going to be built? In love. In love. Verse 5. I would that you all spoke with tongues. But rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues. Except he interpret. Why? Why? That the church may receive. That it may be building up. Building up. Verse 12. Verse 12, even so ye for as much as you're zealous of spiritual gifts. It's great, he said, that you're so excited about tongues and all that. That's great, that's great, that's great. But it's not just for the sake of having some gifts and manifestations. He said this is the big thing. What's the big thing? Seek that you may excel to the building up of the church. I believe this is a directive for Sarasota Church. Amen. Right now. Today. Yes. It is for Branson Church. It is for all our folks that are joined with us. Seek. Seek means you don't just sit by and hope it falls on you. Right. It means you go looking for it. Right. right? You get up in the morning looking for it. You go to bed looking for it. Right? You look, you're looking for how you can get better at this. What? Yes. Building up The church. What builds up? Knowledge puffs up. I don't care how smart you think you are. That's not going to build people up. I don't care how many scriptures you can quote. If there's not love in it. It's not going to build people up. But love. When you show up. And you care. And you believe God for answers. And you believe God for resources. And materials. And you're built up enough. To where their problem doesn't just throw you for a loop. jimmy one of our board members was talking to me the other day we're talking about this when i first started in the ministry at brother kenneth hagan's ministry i mean i was as wet behind the ears as you could be dear me i was uh i wasn't a preacher before i'm just learning everything and i was in a position where uh i was counseling with some folks and i i I grew up kind of sheltered i mean we grew up out in the country and and we didn't grow up in a, in a my, my mom and dad loved each other and stayed together and loved us kids and we had a pretty good life. And um, people would come in and they'd tell me all their problems and I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you did what? <laughs> and they did what? No. Nah. I mean. And so they'd start crying and boo-hooing, And, and they'd say, could I have a, a, a Kleenex? And I'd say, yeah, And i would reach you. And they say, I'm going to take one myself too. And I'd get one. And they'd say, what am I going to do? And I didn't always say it, but inside I'm thinking, I don't have a clue. You, you are messed up. <laughs> but that's not going to help anybody if I'm as weak as they are. Right? When they are in desperation, desperate straits, hopeless, what are they? They're weak. Their heart is weak. Their spirit is weak. Broken and weak. If I'm going to be able to help them, I can't be as weak as they are. What have I got to be? How would I get strong? By getting built up. Where would you get built up? Well for one thing. You need to make a stop. At the building up station. On a regular basis. Where somebody might like me. Wave their arms over you. And holler and shout in faith. Right? <laughs> what are we doing? I'm, I'm putting the build up nozzle in your ear. And I'm pumping you. Pump, 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 pump. Zip, zip. Pow, pow, pow. Build this thing up, strengthen this thing up, charge you up. One one definition of edify is like being hooked up to a battery charger. Hmm? You ought to be fired up after reading your chapter, after going to church, right? After and then and then you know one of the reasons for these teams around the church is for fellowship. You need faith buddies. Faith buddies. Faith buddies have a secret group and secret code. That's right. That's right. They, they, they have a, a secret connection. And you can just call your faith buddy. And, and, and they know what you mean by certain key words. And you just call and say, hey, faith buddy. Uh, tell me again how healed I am. <laughs> And that's all you need. They just go into this heal, heal. You say heal, the heal people call you heal. Jesus took your stripes, He bore your sicknesses, He carried your pains. We've prayed, we've believed. Healing anointing is working in you right now to change your body. And if they're really saying it in faith and love, love What's coming across? Come on, help me out. What's coming? You're being built up. Yeah, I mean, it's just coming through you. It's coming into you. You're just being built up. Faith, words, nourish. He said nourished up, built up, strengthened up, edified in the words of faith. And we would say in love. Right? Faith works by love you can't get away from love or it's not really building I mean you can holler scriptures and rant and rave you can judge folks and correct folks and holler about what's right and wrong if there's no love in it they're not going to be built up are they I mean they might have learned a few things in their head but it's not going to make them any stronger it's not going to help them the love has to be there or there's no building up but there came a time didn't all happen by the next week but as people would come with their problems and then I would see people that had been pronounced terminal no hope, been to the best uh, doctors and and researchers and used the best drugs and have days to live and they're looking at me in desperation, what can I do they're crying, they're broken, thank God after years of being built up myself I could look at them and not just be talking hype. And religious, religious jargon. I could look at them and say. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. <laughs> Nothing. His word will heal you. And make you whole. And with long life. He will satisfy you. And show you his salvation. And not just talk it. But believe it. Yeah. And I'm not just saying it, trying to tell them something or tell them that I know something. I'm telling them because I love them. Yeah. And I want to I see it happen in their life. And when you really mean it and you really care and you really believe it, people can see it. Right. They can hear it. Yeah. I remember a, a lady one time in the, in the healing line. We were praying for some folks. And I got to her and she, she was a little older and i could tell she was scared this was new to her and i had laid hands on somebody down the line and they fell over and her eyes got big <laughs> and i got to her and i said sister i said uh, you believe when i pray for you that you'll be healed she said uh i don't know i hope so well you could say, knowledge could say, well, that's not going to work. You got to have faith. But if there's no love in that, is that going to help her? Is that going to build her up? I, I could tell, I just stood there a minute, and the Spirit of God prompted me. I could tell this woman's got some faith. She just needs just a little help. She, she can She can move to where she needs to be right now. Now, that's not always the case, but I perceived that. I told her. I said, "Sister, I said, don't be concerned about that. I'm not going to push you down. I'm not going. I'm not going to push you at all. You don't have to fall. Falling's not healing's not based on falling. It's got nothing to do with that. I said, uh, I, and I told her about a, a lady with a condition. It was real similar to hers that uh, I had. We had prayed for recently, and she had been healed. And uh, and. And and she began to listen and nod her head. I said, absolutely healed. And I could tell she's looking at me to see whether she believes this or not. And and, and then I kept going. I said, I believe that the Lord loves you, don't you? She said, I know he does, and I love him. I said, we're mostly there. I said, uh, I said, I believe that I can lay hands on you right now and the healing power of God will come into you and how easy that must be for the Lord and his great power to fix that and change that. Do you believe that? She said, uh-huh. <laughs> see, she, she's, she's believing it. She's, see, she's seeing it and hearing it and just in a few minutes, she got moved from being neutral and not knowing till she's ready to receive. And you know she did? Yes. I said She did she did if we've got strength in us it can come out and strengthen other people and in the building business and the edifying business not just preachers are supposed to be doing this every child of God every man and woman every living stone in the church it's already begun right here in this church it's already begun God's been strengthening folks, you and me for months. Yes. Is that right? Yes. It's not just so we can sit and watch TV without pain. <laughs> God is building us up, making us strong, strong, very strong. Say out loud, he's making me strong. He's making me strong for himself, for himself. and to build up his kingdom. Build up, his kingdom. Build up my brothers. Build up Build up my sisters. He's making me very strong. Very very strong. Everything you're getting. Is ultimately. To help someone else. Everything he's pumping in you. Putting in you. Is so that somewhere. Sometime. Something's going to come up. And instead of you being weak. And reaching for a tissue for yourself. <laughs> you're going to look at them. With eyes full of faith and love. Right? And you're going to say words that are going to build them up. You may be on the phone with somebody. And you're going to be able to talk with them for 30 minutes. And by the time you get through, they will have quit crying. Come on, are you listening? And they're going to start talking faith instead of hopelessness. Why? Because you are a builder. You are an edifier. You are a strengthener. God does it through you. Can you say amen? amen? Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.